episode 95 of the local meta my name is fletcher and i'm john john how are you doing for this fine night oh not too bad i did one draft of ravnica earlier for draft weekend there's three of us <laughs> seems seems like a solid draft it, I, to be fair it's freezing cold and it was at one o'clock in the afternoon instead of the normal six o'clock uh, fair yeah and yeah it was like it was two degrees when i when i got there at noon today so but then i i got subway came home and watched uh the takeover pay-per-view so that's something how was that really good but i have never been more wrong in my predictions of what's going to happen than i was on this pay-per-view oh really wow well don't spoil it too much for me because we might have to get together and watch that one then yeah i i got two out of my five match predictions right usually you're pretty spot on too yeah Although something interesting, I I came to a realization while watching this takeover, and it's something yeah. I actually wanted to mention. Okay. Every one of the um, top card female wrestlers in NXT mm-hmm. have very very small chests, okay. and I I actively like. I don't mean this in any sort of like weird derogatory term. I actually think this is a really, really good thing because it shows how far wrestling has come from like when I was a kid, where if you basically didn't have implants or naturally exceptionally gifted, you were never on TV. Yeah, it wasn't about the athleticism. Yeah, like as to where like that is exactly what this is like now down to. It's like, you know, look at Ronda Rousey. She's not well endowed. If she is, she wears a really freaking tight sports bra. <laughs> right? Uh, Shayna Baszler is the same thing. Bianca Belair is the same thing. Like, all of the high upper card female wrestlers in NXT just don't have much of a chest. And it's like, I, I noticed that. Just it, And they also don't wear clothing that shows off any cleavage. Like, they're very much not there to be eye candy. They're there to be wrestlers. Yeah. And it is exceptional. Respecting them as athletes and performers. Exactly. Yeah. Just a random epiphany I had. I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah, that has changed a lot from the old days, I suppose. So. Also, there's one. The, the only non-title match on the card was stupidly brutal for being a normal match. Okay. Like, at one point, they literally show you a slow-mo of the dude's boot impacting teeth. Uh. (laughs) Like, I was actually cringing at some points during this match, where it's just like, oh my god. (laughs) I don't normally do that for non, you know, stipulation matches. Yeah. But, uh, props to, uh... Matt Riddle for being a boss. Which, to be fair, he used to fight in MMA, so he's used to getting hit in the teeth. <laughs> so he can probably take it better than most. Yeah, hopefully. Oh my god. <laughs> At one point, I actually thought he was injured. And, yeah. He wasn't, so. 
or so, he's just he's just falling back on the fact that he's an MMA badass and just doesn't care and just knows how to take a smack in the mouth. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to catching that one on the the replay. <laughs> Highly recommends. It is. It's good. Sweet. Well, we'll have to get together and do that sometime then for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. So, all right. Why don't we dive into this week's episode? Um, we're going to kind of get a little philosophical again. We do that every once in a while. 50-50. Yeah, It's either us cracking packs and jerking off or like <laughs> or getting philosophical i guess but um so i'm trying to think about how to frame like i'll frame this so i'll i'll, I'll just kind of come at and come at it from where i am uh where it started from for me so can i i'm just gonna point out i really love when you're the one who comes up with the topics because it's nice listening to you struggle like I do, trying to get the initial thought out. <laughs> Let's me know that I'm not alone in my ineptitudes of you're, speaking. You're not alone in the world. But um, <laughs> so, uh, basically, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on. I've got new jobs and things like that. So, our, our part part of the that whole thing is is. You know, our lives have changed and stuff, and we're trying to get some stuff back together. Um, and so we we met, went, and um, did our initial meeting with our um, uh, financial planner and everything. Um, and so part of that is figuring out where we are and stuff and, you know, all this. So it, kind of getting investments set up for the kid and things like that, you know, because we're decent people and we want to do that and <laughs> you know give something to the to, to our son so he can you know have something i guess in the future but um but part of that whole thing is is like one of the things they they ask is your opinion of so here's a there's a scale here of you know on one end is you're struggling right in the middle is, is your stable finances and on the the other end is a surplus and they they ask, where do you feel like you are on this scale? And both me and my, my wife instantly snap off surplus. And like, you know, John, you know me. We're not rich people by any means. Like, no, <laughs> we're like, you know, solidly middle class, probably like, yeah, it, yeah, you're, that. But you are far from what I would consider wealthy, yeah. monetarily speaking. Yeah. But your wife is really, really good with money. Yeah, we're, we're both good with money, and I and she's really, really good with money. Um, but like, even but like, you know, and then obviously, like, the follow up question is is why? Um, and one of the things we said is is that we've we don't need what we have, and we feel like we're just in this position where we have we have way more than we need. And you know, as I said, we're not we don't live in a mansion or anything like that. You know, we, you know, don't buy Ferraris or anything like that. We have cheap, you know, nothing, nothing is really expensive, but we, we live in this position where we feel like we have a lot 
And as part of that whole thing, as we move through this, this financial stuff and get set up, one of our goals in the end of it is to be able to, because we feel like we have a lot to be able to give back to people and to be able to, you know, get, you know, donate more to charity and everything like, and everything like that and give stuff to our son and to give and do all these, all these things and use our money for other things. And it, it, it got me thinking about what the purpose of, cause we've spent a lot of time working on our finances and going through things to um, get rid of our debt and to set ourselves up and to make it so that we're financially, you know, doing well and everything so that we don't like we we basically have no debt except for a house right now um but to get to this point where we you know have this you know kind of have extra money if that makes any sense like i know a lot of people probably don't don't have that like and and our and goal of it is to be able to kind of give back to it and it got me thinking about like that was our that was our purpose with it to some degree like you know and it, it probably sounds weird coming from me because I've said before, you know, I'm a very black, white person. I believe, you know, that people aren't owed anything, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that it's like the world is, the world is what it is and you need to take what you can for it. But as part of that whole thing, I, I very much believe that people helping people is an important thing. It's very much the white in me, you know, uh-huh. like you should help your own to some degree. And that whole thing have got me thinking about the process and where we're supposed to end up in this whole thing is to be able to give back. And as I was driving to the store today to get stuff um, with everyone, it, it, it clicked in my head that magic is the same way. Like we've talked a lot about community and we've talked a lot about, you know, trying to, to foster that community and everything like that. And one of the things I think is, is that this whole goal that we we have, even as we get better in magic and as we, we get more success and as we get more resources and, and knowledge and everything, I believe our whole goal should be to give back to, to the community. And we've talked about this before in other ways, but just the concept of really giving back to people and to and giving back to the, to the community that has helped us get where we are. Like magic is it, it does a lot more than just be fun. Like it's not just a game. It's, it's something that gives people a place to belong. It's something that gives people a place to express themselves. It, it doesn't, it gives people, you know, that competitive outlet. It gives people a place they can feel safe and comfortable it's it does a lot of these things and i think we um uh, a lot of times when we look at it we think about progressing through that tournament scene and just getting better but we don't understand what we're trying to get to if that makes sense well it something along those lines is actually it's very very similar to or it's not similar to, it reminds me of a topic that comes up a lot when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. The Hall of Fame is not just about wins and, like, records and top eights and yada, Mm -hmm. yada, yada. Like, there is a community involvement element to that where 
there are people who have four Pro Tour top eights, but they're not in the Hall of Fame. Because mm-hmm. they've never done anything to like give back to the community that got them to where they were. They've never done anything to like bring others up with them and stuff like that. Like that is something that does get brought up a lot, and that's it's something that you can you can tell when someone is getting close to a Hall of Fame level ballot because suddenly they start they start <laughs> thinking about that and like yeah. it, it's, it is kind of funny. It's yeah. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to imply that they do. They're only doing it for like selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. But you know, it is kind of telling that you know the people who are get you know suddenly going to be on the ballot. Suddenly they start doing more stuff like streaming and writing articles and things like that. Like mm-hmm. it's one of those things as to where like you then have people who have basically been doing it constantly nonstop, and those are the people who are like, well, this person's automatic lock. Right, like, yeah. Reed Duke is a lock for the Hall of Fame as soon as he is eligible. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Because his name is Reed Duke. Yes, and he and we don't deserve him. No. If if Reed Duke wants to feel like a superhero, he wakes up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, but like, think about the people like that who keep giving back. Like LSV is a good example. Like, the guy has. Is, was obviously a Hall of Famer when he got into the Hall of Fame. Has the credentials play-wise to be in the Hall of Fame more, but is constantly doing community things, things with the community. Yeah. Like, whether it's writing articles or being on a podcast or just being LSV, like, <laughs> you know. Also, another, uh, yeah, a, a more recent example that's, you know, he's caused a lot of ruckus lately along very similar lines is Jerry T. Oh yeah, definitely. He's not. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He's not eligible yet. I think he has three Pro Tour top eights. Mm-hmm. But dear God, like he has said multiple times, like his goal, his goals are no longer to like win Pro Tours. His goals are to just get other people better at Magic. Like mm-hmm. he created a podcast for that purpose. He created another. T- um, twitter account that all it does is post new deck lists he willingly sat out of the world championship to try and make the pro tour scene better for the pros Mm -hmm. like that is actual factual sacrifice like just playing in the world championship guarantees you like 12 grand or some shit oh yeah it's like he was giving up money like a real sum of money too whether you like he it, it, it is an actual stand whether you agree with his position or not Exactly. Like he is, he is still sacrificing himself for the good of those around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Like, and I think that's something like, I, I don't know if I'm uh, we as the local magic players think like, forget about that piece of it. Or we're just like, it doesn't matter until we're there. You know, if that makes sense. It's like, well, when I'm finally, you know, winning Pro Tour or, you know, get to top eighting Pro Tours, then I'll worry about it. And I don't think that's the right mindset. Like, I think it's one of those things that we, it's just, it's so important to the game as a whole. And we just kind of ignore it and sweep it under the rug, not sweep it under the rug, just 
don't look at it almost. It's like we forget about it. We, we're so worried about play and accolades and everything that we don't think about what we can do for other people. And I think that should be the, the goal. And I think doing, I think being that person in the community is what will help you get there too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's when I'm there, I can do this. I think it's doing this will help me get there. It's very, very much along the lines of something that we've always kind of led to where, mm-hmm. you know, episode zero, the golden rule, don't yep. be a dick. Like, <laughs> making friends with people who you play magic with will be better for you in the long run. Like, you will get better because you have those people to, like, like you have people who you can share information with and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. You can, you know, we talked about it in our uh, team episode and stuff like that. Just, ha- yeah, having the people that you can, you know, celebrate your wins with and help help shoulder the burden of your losses with you know and share information and create this shared experience i mean like i you know maybe a citation is needed or something but friends are good like (laughs) you know we're we're humans we're social creatures we we want to have friends and you know when when those friends are sharing the these experiences with you that just helps build the build those bonds outside of that even you know it it helped it helps your life outside of that. It, you, you have people to rely on. You have, you know, this social connection that goes beyond, beyond that. Hopefully like that's what you want to develop, you know, like obviously we were friends before we started playing magic and stuff, but like, you know, having playing magic is just one of those things that helped, you know, made, made us good friends and helped us helped keep it together. And then it extends outside of that, stronger yeah uh, i an actual real world example of that is robert Mm -hmm. where i started you know i met him through my job because he i delivered to his store from virginia and i got him to start playing magic down dungeon sand and magic actually built a friendship between us and his the, the restaurant he works for is actually seen a real life benefit from this because sometimes I will literally bring food in my car to him at magic and then he brings it up there. Yep. Like, yeah, like, Oh, we need this thing ordered really quick. All right. That is a corporeal benefit that he has due to a friendship he formed due to magic. That has nothing to do with magic. Yep. Yeah. Like, you know, plus now we have like the awesome little meme of the back alley bacon deals that yeah, the, people were making fun of one time. There, and there are multiple times where it's like, you're like, oh yeah, I got a big thing of potatoes in my car for Robert. Yeah. It's like, so yeah. I got a, uh, I got the case of eggs or, oh yeah, I got 40 pounds of chicken noodle soup. <laughs> sorry, sorry, what? <laughs> like, yeah, man, you want 40 pounds of chicken noodle soup? You get to fight Robert for it. <laughs> it's all I, yours. I wouldn't fight him for it. Actually, I think he's got a bad leg. I'd go for the leg. Yeah, he does actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take out the legs. You got him. <laughs> go to go to a GP with him, and I know his weakness. <laughs> but yeah, and see, like these are like there's tangible benefits to this. And you know, I've said before, I'm not the kind of person who believes in farming friends by any means. No, but I but I absolutely believe that, you know being good to people, you know, goes a long way. And I think 
I think we should be more conscious of, of how we can give back to the community and thinking and, and consciously thinking about that a lot of times. Like, I think everybody just wants, you know, Watsy to be the good guys and to give people things or want the game stores to be the good guys and give people things. And it's like, yeah, they, I mean, they need to do some of their part, but Watsy is kind of a giant faceless entity in some ways. Like, they're way at the they, top. They can they can do good things. Like, don't get me wrong. They Watsy does a lot of community building. Absolutely. And you know, helping people and stuff like that. And I mean, just look at F and M. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, and then and then the game store. They're they're obviously the backbone of the community. Like that's that's what makes Magic Communities is is the local game store, in whatever way you want to think. But mm-hmm. like. Sorry, just bumps up in here, but um, like they they're still a, they're still a business for one things, and they can only do so much without hurting themselves to the point where you know they can't exist. You know, like one <laughs> I don't know, but one of the things we've said before at work is, is I, I work in a hospital and stuff like that, and what we say is, is like if we you know. We're, we're there to take care of people, but if we're not getting paid to take care of people, we're not going to be helping many people for very long. Like, you yeah. know, and so people have bills to pay. Exactly. Including the people who we pay bills to. Yeah. And, and not, and here's a secret. Not everyone in the world is going to work for free. You know, like, no. so they, they need to keep the doors open and stuff like that. So they can do, they can do some stuff, you know, if it, it but it can only be taxed monetarily so much. And the local game stores do tons between of, of things that help the community and make them money, which is the perfect balance in my opinion. But, um, and they also go out of their way to just, you know, be good stewards for the game in, in a lot of cases. Um, but realistically, like we on the front lines are the people that need to be fostering this and giving back to the people, giving back so that those people can succeed and give back. You know, just making the world a better place in, in some ways. I know it sounds like a lot of hippie karma bullshit that I really don't. You know, I'm not. I'm not that kind of person. Like you know, you know how I am. Like this is what, what the way I'm coming at it is very practical and tactical in a lot of ways. As weird as that sounds, for how somewhat philosophical and fruity it <laughs> comes across, but like. We, I think just we as a community, as I've been thinking, just need to be focusing on that to create the welcoming environment, you know, at, at the, um, uh, at a pre-release, you know, help, helping the kid out with his deck at F&M, just talking to people like that's really hard, but it goes a long way. Like, you know, <laughs> I think it was at the, um, uh, the pre the the last pre release we're at we were sitting next to each other gonna play around and the guy across from me that started playing he's like I think he's like I think I talked to you guys at the one of the last pre releases or something about legacy for like a bunch of time like <laughs> you, you remember I, that right yeah like he, he he was my round one of or round one or round two opponent or some shit round two because I was sitting next to you and I was at the table yeah so like like yeah he's he's like he just like looks at both of us he's like i'm pretty sure i know you guys i look at him he's like yeah you guys were like playing legacy a couple pre-releases ago 
And I like just started talking to you about Legacy because like no one else knows anything about it. I'm like that sounds like us, yeah, because we're the only ones who know anything I, about I, it. I remembered him when he mentioned that actually. Like I was like, oh yeah, that. Like, but like, yeah, I don't. I until he mentioned it, that wasn't even a memory of mine anymore. It was mm-hmm. like gone. You know, but it's it like oh yeah, it. <clears throat> me and me and Fletcher play random formats during releases because what else are we <laughs> going to do to waste time? Yeah, right. But like. <laughs> You know, apparently that mattered though, because yeah. they remembered. Like, <laughs> even if we didn't, like, just taking the time to speak to a person goes a long way. And you like, know? that is something that's like, it's, it's not something that we're. It's not going to stick in our heads because, yep. oh no, me and you talked about legacy with someone. Yeah. That Shocker. Was a, that was a good Tuesday, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like it's like, well, uh, me and Fletcher were in the same building playing playing a format that we regularly play with each other for fun, and someone said something about it. Yeah, that's just like every time we ever play Legacy in front of people. Yeah, but for for him, it was like something that actively stuck out. Yeah, you know, because he said like he doesn't get to do many pre releases. He doesn't show up. To, he mm-hmm. doesn't have time to come to many. And, you know, and obviously legacy isn't something that a lot of people run into. And, like, he remembered that. And, you know, like you like you said, we had, like, actual conversations with him about it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I remember it now. And it was, like, actually, yeah, it was, it was really good and stuff. So it's, like, you know. Like, we could have been standoffish. Oh, yeah. We, we could have been, been like, <laughs> not, like, no, leave us alone. We're doing our own little thing. Yeah. We're playing legacy. We are above you. Yeah. <laughs> Plebs. <laughs> but like but that matters it's like i mean this is something i use I, I like in my um uh my job actually too one of the things i really like doing is is that um there's a few of us that go and do for for new user orientation uh we we go and explain to people a bunch of it policies and then get them logged into the computers and stuff so they're not like flopping around like fish when they eventually have to like do work um so but one of the one of the good things is i used to do a different group of people for that and it was always really nice because i could talk with these people and then later on they had somebody they were familiar with like Mm -hmm. even if they even if they only saw me once and i didn't remember them they at least talked to me once and they knew hey that's that guy in it that they can talk to if uh, that that in it that i know so they they could flag me down. Like they, they could talk to me. It was a little easier. That barrier was slightly broken. And actually, there were a couple other departments that um, needed some help with computer stuff. And I went there personally and worked on some of the stuff with them, and um, made sure I gave the time to the to, to them because they they don't know many of the people in IT because they don't have to deal with us very often. But now they had a person that they could talk to, and and some of them still will you know say hi in the hall and stuff. Now that they know me and everything, like when we're walking by each other, and that goes a long way. Like mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things you're trying to like you know the with magic here, just even being like you know, hey, how's it going? You know, we're playing Legacy. Like this is you know, and talk about that really quick. Like that that goes a long way because now some something is familiar. Like it's very very intimidating. I remember excuse me, my first pre-release, I didn't know anybody. And it was scary. Like, I wasn't I wasn't young by any means either. Like, I was in or out of college, like, 
actually, I think I was working at, it would have probably been about 10 years ago then. I was working at the hospital at that time, I know. So, um, but like, it was unnerving because going into a strange place with people you don't know who seem to know each other, it's, it's tough. And I think if we just giving, giving that little bit to people helps really integrate them. And, you know, just, they, they remember that and whether I, I, I don't like using this phrase cause it seems corny and stupid, but they, they will pay it forward then. Like they, whether it's conscious or unconscious, they want to do that then. Most people. Yeah. Like, obviously it does kind of depend on like their own personality. Cause like they're, can take a while for those for people to actually like break out of their shell as it were even if you mm-hmm. are like the initial thing that starts to crack it oh yeah i mean here, here's know, the thing here's it's the not secret. something that happens immediately yeah here's a secret that probably most people don't know people are different <laughs> and it's like you know one they size is, be. yeah i know right <laughs> um, one one size doesn't fit fits all for everyone so like some people you you know you say hi to them once and you're, and you're you know they'll they're your best friend now and some yep. people, it takes a lot more, but even just that little bit of comfort can go a long way. Something along those lines that this this also came up at a pre-release. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was the six o'clock one on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. They all they all kind of blend together. Sure. Yeah, it was at one of them. Yeah, it was at one of them, and a friend of mine who doesn't play Magic much anymore. She's toned down a lot. Uh, she actually plays a lot of um, Overwatch now. Mm-hmm. But she still comes to at least one of every pre-release. She really mm-hmm. enjoys pre-releases. She is very, very much a uh, Johnny. Mm-hmm. She's she She wants to win, but that is not her primary goal. She wants to do like she wants to play her own thing right she's mm-hmm. not a net decker she doesn't do that yep. and the route like she was talking round one uh with her opponent about kaya and she started like talking about like these deck ideas and the guy who's sitting next to them at the table just like starts like I don't want to say mansplaining but I really can't think of it any <laughs> any other way yeah. to describe it like yeah. Like, he starts saying about how, like, you know, everything about her is bad, and she's not worth building around, and there's all these other better cards you could build around, like this card and this card. <laughs> and eventually the guy finishes his match and just, like, walks away. And I just come over, and I just, like, I just, like, look at her and her opponent, and I'm just like, that guy was super, super obnoxious. And he needs to realize that different people do things for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I play magic for different reasons than she plays magic for different reasons than her opponent plays plays magic for, right? Yeah. Like, we all play magic for different reasons, and being able to identify that is super, super important. Yes. Like, I, I, I feel like I'm usually pretty good at identifying people's motivations for why they do what they do when it comes to magic and a lot of things in general. Mm-hmm. If I can't, I just assume that they're crazy <laughs> because they're not following 
under things that make sense to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like it's I, I've always found it fascinating that some people just cannot comprehend that people do things for thing people do things for reasons that they themselves do not. Yeah, that's one that always kind of got me because it's that, that's just something that I kind of get. Like yeah. I don't know, it, it's really weird how I've been able to like that's something that I've been able to process too. Like it's like people like different things. It's like and that's that's fine. I don't have to like them, you know. No. Like there's one if there's one thing that pisses me off, it's people trying to make me like something that they like and and when they don't understand why, which is basically the reverse thing of exactly what we were talking about. Um, so but like yeah, it's I don't know, like yeah, people do things for for different reasons and honestly that's what makes this a lot more fun and honestly it kind of makes magic hard because it's like you know, the thing I've always said before is it's like if you go up to somebody and say, Hey, do you want to play magic? Like, what does that mean? Like yeah. you, you say that to ten different people and you get eleven different answers. Like <laughs> yeah. Well you, the answer would be yes, 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 yes. The answer maybe is maybe yes. yes. But what you know, it's like Yeah. The question is what format do you wind up with, right? Yeah. Like Or it's like you know, the the other one I always use is like, what is casual magic? like you know it's casual magic for us literally used to be vintage yes it did but we need to rebuild our vintage decks because i want to play some vintage because they're all everything's been restricted recently yeah (laughs) i mean the the decks you have still have four of gush so yeah gush is so fun though gush is so fun yeah but like i almost want to play popper just because you can play four gush I'm not that desperate yet. Um, <laughs> like, I like the restriction, but I think the restriction is just a little too restricting. Like, peasant, I think. like Or, like, if you could play commons and uncommons, I could get behind that. But, like, yeah, just but then, straight, straight commons, I'm just kind of out. All peasant gives you is just, like, stupid cards like Force of Will. Yeah, I don't even want those, but I just want cards that, like, do things. There's a lot of really broken comments. I know, but I don't care. Like Grape Shot. Grape Shot is banned in Popper. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's some broken Popper cards. That sounds super surprising. Like because every single freaking cantrip is common. <laughs> yeah, everything I've heard about Popper is basically it's legacy without Force of Will. <sighs> and now they finally have Force of Will and Foil. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hey, people think foil should be banned because it makes the Gurmog Angler decks too good. Gurmog Angler, I hate everyone. Screw you, Gurmog Angler. <laughs> but yeah, but so I guess to get on, get kind of a little more onto my point too, since we're thirty-five minutes in, um, <laughs> like part of the whole this whole thing about talking about giving back and stuff has really made me think about how I can give back more. Um, and like, obviously some of the stuff we talked about and like, I've been really like, I don't have answers right now. Um, it's, it's one of those things that I'm kind of internalizing right now. And I, I think everyone else should think about it just a little bit, if nothing else, like, and it's one of those things that doesn't have to be, you know, giving somebody cards and decks and stuff like that, or, you know, what have you or anything. It doesn't have to be monetary or physical, but just, you know, 
giving time or, you know, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes one of the way, ways to give back is to just freaking be there. Like, <laughs> you know, like showing up when you know they need people at an event or something like that. Like one of the things you tried to do for a while there was really push legacy and tried to get people to play legacy and, you know, and, and make it open it for people to show up and do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it didn't work super great, but, you know, at, at least you made the effort to do it. It works as long as I was willing to basically have a second job yeah. wrangling people. Which is horrible. Can tell yeah. from experience. Yeah. It's just, I, oh, yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to get on that again. So yeah, we already did an episode on it. Yeah, <laughs> like it is. Everyone has something they can do to help build a community. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's literally just not being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> which I've actually I've been like subconsciously working on apparently without realizing it. Good. Good. I I actually realized this like last week that a lot of the. A lot of the people who I normally would get like pissy playing, I'm just not anymore. Huh. And I, I kind of ruined that streak because there was one person today who I just really don't like playing against, who I got a little annoyed with when I got color screwed two games. I mean, we're human, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is about him, but I just get annoyed when I lose to him specifically. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I've just been getting better, and, like, I've actually been, like, I've been having actual conversations about stuff with the other clique, as I refer them, mm-hmm. refer to them, at uh, Dungeon's End, when normally, like, we just, our two groups just don't even converse with each other, because yeah. we just don't get along. But it's, like, weird little olive branches have been, like, extended back and forth, and it's, like, we're actually growing up as adults, and it's kind of amazing. Yeah, and that goes along. It's not way. like we're all in our thirties or anything, I mean, you know, <laughs> whatever. But like, yeah, it, you know, it can go, it can go a long way, and you know, we're we have some things that we want to try to do that we still are just vaguely talking about constantly. But mm. like, I have some ideas for stuff that I I would like to do hopefully someday. But um, you know, we got a long way to go before we hit there, so. Do you want to hear? Yep. Do you want to hear? You want to hear something that <laughs> I don't want to say. I've always wanted to do this because it's actually really, really morbid. Okay. But it's something that I've thought about a lot. Okay. So I've mentioned this to you. I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. I think about my own death a lot. Yeah, you've, I think you've said that on the podcast like, too. A lot, a lot. It's I'm I'm screwed up in the brain for this reason only. Or if if I'm if I'm perfectly normal, I'm screwed up for this reason only, and I know for a fact I'm not perfectly normal. Yeah, like I think about it way too often, but it's just what I do. Mm-hmm. And something that I've always thought about is what should happen with my magic collection when I die, because mm-hmm. I don't want it to get sold. Even though literally all of my like value that i own is in my magic collection (laughs) like i don't want it to get sold i don't want some random person to wind up with it like i've had uh friends just be like oh when you die can i have your collection it's like no (laughs) like i don't give a shit who you are i'm not just you're doing i'm not just gifting you my collection (laughs) that's also kind of 
douchey, I guess. But... Well, it, it it is, but not for the re like it is, but it isn't when you find like think of my actual reasoning. Fair of, like, enough. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Basically, I don't want my collection to just do what it currently does. It's mm-hmm. just sit there doing nothing. Yeah. I've regularly tried thinking of some way to basically set up some sort of like library system where people can like check out cards to build decks that they want to try out and then return them when I die. Like I legit don't know how this would be done. Cause there are so many things that can go wrong with this, including someone just being a dick and stealing shit. Yeah. It's like it's isn't like I can just like set up a freaking you know, Dewey Decimal cabinet and they just like, oh, I want this today at somewhere. Right? Like, I don't know how I'd do it, but it's something I'd want to do. Because, like, that would be that would be a really, really sweet legacy where it's like, well, I died. And half the people playing in the Invitational after I die are playing with cards that I used to own. Because they need cards. and Because they need cards and they deserve to they deserve to play in the Invitational. Huh. Interesting. I mean, that's, yeah, that's something, you know, like. They're like, I already, I've always had this thing where it's like, oh, if you need to borrow cards, just let me know a week before something and I'll get you the cards. Yep. If I'm not personally using them. Like, I already do that, but Mm -hmm. it would be really sweet to just have like, you know, John's cabinet where people can just like borrow cards from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think about my death way too often. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but i mean you know that's like i like the idea yeah i don't like where it comes from but i like the idea <laughs> like you know it's it's just that, that that has always been a goal of yours though to some degree like to to enable other people to enjoy magic yeah like that's been a big that's a big part of what you do and it's li- it's literally yeah. two birds with one stone where I've always wanted to enable other people to play Magic, and I've always wanted to leave a legacy behind. Yeah, I was going to say that was the other thing I know. but So, like, yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. but Yeah, it's fascinating. Unattainable, but fascinating. <laughs> you know, at least hopefully not attainable for a while. But, I'm, uh, yeah, like, there's a couple things that I've been thinking about, too, and stuff, and... We may we may have to have a chat with it and stuff, but like maybe some of the stuff we already know about, but you know, and, and honestly, this is kind of one way. I mean, this is the podcast. I suppose is a little self serving because we're just kind of narcissists and stuff. Well, I, <laughs> I'm kind of a narcissist, and you're along for the ride. Oh, this like, I, I've I've <laughs> I've actually thought about that too. Where it's like th- this podcast is very very similar along those lines. Where it's like I. I literally was just like, man, people always ask me the same questions all the time. I just want to like point them to a recording they can listen to of me talking, <laughs> which is absolutely narcissistic in nature, but it's also trying to benefit the community. Yeah. I mean, we, we are trying to like give some sort of insight and help people and, you know, sometimes just entertain people. Yeah. Because sometimes that's all we can do. You know, we're not... We're not the best magic players in the world, or even close. Like, you know, we're, I mean, not, we're not the best magic players in the region, even. Like, you know, 
at one point we literally had people who would listen because they were they were hoping to listen to me rant about something so <laughs> it goes a long way but being entertaining is a valuable commodity it goes a long way it really does <laughs> uh, so i guess there's my long-winded stream of consciousness rant about about unrelated things that end up related in my head <laughs> But see, I said I could talk for a solid twenty minutes, and we made it. You were you were not wrong. <laughs> you successfully talked for a very long uh, ass time. Yeah, but I don't know. You have anything else you want to quip in on that, or? No, I think that's that's kind of it. Like, I don't know. Growing magic communities is important, and a large part of that is not being a parasite. Yeah. Like, to to steal a, a good phrase from Andrew Ryan, you know, no one likes parasites. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Man, man's a big fan of golf. Yes, he is. <laughs> big fan of golf. <laughs> Play it till the day he dies. Um, so, should we have a little fun, do something self-serving? Sure. All right. <laughs> so we don't have a physical pack, but I got a virtual one here that we can crack on Arena and do some some pack ones and picks ones and maybe even a pack two, pick two, depending on how we're feeling. But you, you just remembered, reminded me of something oh, that I did today. So me and Russ. We were pack boring our one pack. We both won for playing because we did not get first, so we both got a pack. Okay. And he's like, turn one, plays that one three menace for in black that he can pay for and give a plus two plus O. <laughs> oh, just a bomb. And he's like, well, you're dead next turn. So I pick it up and proceed to rip it into 16 pieces. <laughs> and I, I draw and play my card for the turn and pass. Is he just like what? <laughs> He's just like you're dead. I killed you. I'm like nope. You're like I played a fire. You're like I played what? a fire. Yeah, I literally ripped it up and threw it onto a different table. <laughs> uh, I can't believe they put broken cards like that. I know. <laughs> Okay. Like, it's a good thing he's my friend, because otherwise I never would have done that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. The exceptional story equity. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I got a. It was literally the first card he cast that game. It was ridiculous. That's always horrible. It's like like when you're pack running and somebody's just like, uh, BFZ were to Valakut and Voker. Yeah, it's like, like, thanks. Thanks, you're dead. Like, (laughs) GG Nori. All right. But, okay. I have a uh, Ravnica Allegiance pack here in my draft that I've opened up. Okay. Yarati? Yep. Okay. So um, our lands, I'm just going to get those out of the way, is Gruel Guildgate and Gateway Plaza. I'm just going to take a wild guess and say we're not first picking each, either of those. All right. No. So we have Axbane Beast. It's the 3 4 for 4, right? 3 4 for 4, yep. Uh, Root Snare, one in a green instant preventable combat damage. Bannable and standard. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> open, open the gates. 
Uh, it's a green sorcery. Search whatever for a base commander gate card to feel it. Put it in your hand. Then shuffle. Okay. Uh, this is very similar to a card that was banned in standard. What card is that? Uh, a tune with Aether. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yes, but yes, but no. <laughs> Continue it's... the trolling. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, burning Tree Vandal, Tuna Red for a 2 1 Riot. When it attacks, you may discard a card if you do draw a card. Card's actually sweet. Yeah. I don't think it's first pick will, but it's actually yeah. good. Yeah. I, unexpected. I like card, yeah. yeah, unexpected rummaging is just solid. Yeah. And it's on a 2 1 body, so if you're attacking with other things, people probably don't want to block it because mm -hmm. there's going to be better things to block. Yeah. And I mean, if you just cast it on three as a three-two with rummaging when it attacks, that's still pretty good. I mean, that's still fine. Like, yeah, like you can do yeah. a hell of a lot worse. The card is not a bad top deck for a three-drop, which is saying something. That it, yeah, it is actually like even if you just even if it is functionally air quotes cycling it or you know yep. hitting two cards with one, but um, okay. So next up, we have Undercity Scavenger, three and a black, three-three. Uh, when it enters, you may sacrifice another creature. If you do, put two plus and plus encounters on it, then try to. Uh, surprisingly good. I was going to say, I, li uh, I like this card. I don't think it's a first pick, though. No. Uh, There's a little scry in this set. Yeah, it's it is weird. kind of surprising. Um, next, we have Carrion Imp. Three and a black. Two, three, flying. When it enters, you may exile target creature card from a graveyard. If you do, pay you gain two life. Better than I originally expected. Yeah, being a two, three is actually relevant. Yeah, like the, card matters. does actual card does actual work, but nah. Yeah. Uh, next up, Chillbringer for four and a blue for a three three flying. When it enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls doesn't untap range controls. Next untap step. I like this card. I am, this card. I am all about this card. Yep, that card has been legit as shit. Like, it's you know, it's a it's a three three flyer, which is sweet, and then it also has the frost links thing, which I love. So, like. I would question playing the fifth. Really? And I would be a lock for playing everyone before that. She's. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, the the problem is, is it is five mana. Yeah. Like, and that's 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 why you question the fifth one. Yeah, exactly. How many five <laughs> drops do you have? Um, next up we have Slimebind, one in a blue for a for an aura, uh, with flash and an enchant creature gets minus four minus zero. Blue removal, that's yeah, fine. Okay. Chillbringer is probably better. Probably, I think I would still take Chillbringer here. Uh, last, uh, last common is Justicar's Portal. One in a white, exile target creature control, return to the battlefield under control, gains per strike until end of turn. I have never seen this card do anything ever at any point. I had it in my draft deck today, but every time it was in my hand, I was color screwed off of white. I feel so like. So I never get. I never got to use it to fizzle my opponent's three active treasons. <laughs> Savage. Uh, like, I feel like this card just has a bunch of text on it that does things, and I don't know, it's weird. Like, it does do relevant things, kind of, right? Like, that's basically where it sits. Yeah. Like, this can do things. Sometimes. Sometimes, if you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, next we have, so our uncommons, we have Sphinx of the Guild Pact. 5-5 uh, five, five flyer for 7 colorless. Sphinx of Guild Pact is all colors, flying, and hexproof from monocolored. This card is a lot better than I originally thought it was. Really? 
I'm originally I'm just like, all right, it's a seven drop. What do you do? What do you do? But like this format, especially in sealed, is slow enough that you will cast it and resolve it. I suppose, and then also it just has protection from all the stuff that matters. It's it's yeah, it's it's hexproof from everything that matters, and it is the biggest flyer. Yeah, he's good. He's he's a biggie. Like, it's bigger than everything but the Skargan Hellkite. And I guess uh, Spawn of Mayhem can grow beyond it. Yeah. But. So are you on this or Chillbringer? I'm still on Chillbringer, just because 5 versus 7 is a big f***ing deal. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to swear there, but <laughs> you can add that out. Uh, yeah, I can. It's fine. Uh, okay, so next up we have Orzhov Enforcer, 1 in a black creature, 1-2, Death Touch, and Afterlife 1. Card's legit. I like this card. Uh, makes Gruel cry. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Like, but I'm Sam, still on Chillbringer, obviously. I think like yeah, this card's Sam just Black a real filler. Sam Black thinks that this card is actually standard playable. Okay, I mean, I don't it, know if I agree with him. Yeah, I don't know. It like, it's an expensive Typhoid Rat that dies into a flyer. Like that's relevant. He likes it against, like, the Gruul decks and the big green decks and shit. I mean, it eats him up. Yeah. And then, especially if, like, Sam Black is the type of person who enjoys playing Aristocrat-style decks, and this is a card that is good in Aristocrat-style yeah, decks. Yeah, fair enough. So. Okay. Our last uh, uncommon is Essence Capture. Uh, blue, blue, instant, counter target creature spell, put a plus one plus one counter on, on one target creature you control. Eh. Yeah. I think I'm not yeah. first picking any counter spell. So yeah, before before our rare, I'm on Chillbringer for sure. Yep. So, we actually did not get a rare. We got a mythic in this pack. No. We got trying to trying to think. There's no bad mythics in this in this set, right? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm happy to see this card, but I don't know if it. I I, I think we put would would take it here. So our mythic is two. Green, blue, legendary oh. elf ooze wizard, prime speaker Vanifar. So, there's a four that you can tap, sacrifice another creature, and birthing pod. <laughs> Interesting. Do you? So we have. A pr- do you do it? We we have a problem with Vanifar. Yep. And that is. Simic is not the color combination that is good with birthing pot effects. Yeah. But you can splash white, which gives you afterlife creatures, which then lets you do, climb up do the silly things. So here's the thing. We're taking Vanifar because Vanifar is like a mythic yeah. and hard to come by and it might be constructed playable. Yep. I don't actually know if you're trying to win if she's the correct choice. Because a 4 mana 2 4 does not match up well. Yeah. The card is sweet as hell, though. The card is really sweet. Yeah. I don't know. I think like Chillbringer is the good card. But, like, yeah. Vanifar is one of those cards that I want to take, and I just want to see if I can do it, probably. I think if Vanifar wasn't in the pack, it would be Chillbringer and then Orzov Enforcer. Fair enough. I like that. That would be my choices. Cool. I'm going to take Vanifar here, obviously. 
Because reasons. Because reasons. That, that's my pick. What if Boom. you could do like the five color gate stack and just maybe climb up the ladder of awesomeness? I like climbing ladders. All right. Well, that was a good crack pack. Got most of the way there. Interest, some interesting stuff. It's kind of in a weird way. It's kind of nice when your like rare mythic is not just a slam through the table first pick. Yeah. Like, Especially a weird one like her, yeah, right? Yeah, it actually creates, like, you have to, like, actually think about it and talk about it. Like, you can do some, now you have to choose, like, do you just wash your pack one, pick one? Do you actually try and build around her ability? Yeah. But, alright. Because, like, she's not card disadvantage. No. She's upgrading all of your creatures. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Kind of. Alright. Well, why don't we wrap this one up, John? All right. Cool. Um, if you want to shoot us some feedback, you can send us an email to thelocalmeta at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at thelocalmetapc. Check out the website, thelocalmeta.com, for, I don't know, episodes and stuff. And maybe we'll post some more things there eventually. And the link to our Discord. Come say hi. We're usually in there. Um, yeah. That's that. John, any last words? No. I'm good. Cool. I've, I'm I'm really going deep in the tank on Vanifar now, and what I would do if I drafted her. Well, once we um uh, once we wrap this up, we can um uh, see how it plays out, because that was an actual pack in arena, and now I got to draft my deck. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, then we will catch you next time. See ya. <laughs>